Welcome to the second season of SeaTech Voices, The Risk Perspective, the podcast that brings you expert insights to today's hot topics in healthcare cybersecurity, compliance, and privacy. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform. A transcript of each episode can be found at Synergistic.com. And now for the show. Hello, welcome to The Risk Perspective. I'm Lauren Frickle, and you're listening to Say What? Yes, security and privacy can actually work together. This is a panel-based episode that derives from Synergistic's 2020 virtual user conference, the SeaTech Summit. This session at last year's summit was a favorite of our communities, and we're happy to bring you its content for this podcast episode. So let's begin with introductions on who is on this panel. First, we have Fred Bishop, the Information Security Officer at UC Health in Cincinnati. Fun fact, Fred scored second highest in the world on his CISM exam. Also joining us is David Finn, Synergistics EVP of External Affairs and Information Systems and Security. Andrew Mahler also joins us. Andrew is the Senior Manager of Privacy Services here at Synergistic. Andrew is a former investigator at the Office for Civil Rights, and he is an attorney by training, just like our moderator, Marty Arvin, who also joins us. Marty is an executive advisor at Synergistic and has had over 31 years of experience in healthcare. Both Marty and Andrew are attorneys. So let's get started. Our first question, is it important for the Chief Privacy Officer and Chief Information Security Officer to work together? If you think it is, why? And if you think it isn't, why not? Fred, let's start with you. What's your input? Great, thanks. Uh, Yes, I think it is very important for the CPO and CISO to work together. It's a collaborative relationship that when you have security and you think of information security as being not, you know, confidentiality, integrity, and availability of data, obviously confidentiality falls right into line with the privacy officer. And so naturally, there are going to be security incidents and events that will create and cause privacy issues. and, And it's very important for those two individuals to work collaboratively together to minimize uh, and mitigate the effects of any events and uh, make sure that they have their their teams in a position to uh, address events as they occur. And then additionally, um, just working together for other components of the monitoring process, for example, um, you know, auditing of access and things like that, that typically your CISOs are have a more IT-based experience. And so they're capable of helping and working with systems and data and making uh, the actual privacy monitoring function work a lot more smoothly. I think that's also where you can see a lot of benefit with the CPO and CISO working together. And David Finn, let's go to you. What are your thoughts? I will say it's really more than important. It's it's absolutely essential. When I started in the early 2000s, before the effective date of even the privacy rule, I had both roles and, and it wound up being really a good thing because we started with privacy, which, which healthcare kind of understood even, even then. It was about confidentiality and, and sharing was, was really kind of a, a, an ethical issue. It wasn't necessarily a legal or compliance issue at that time. So we had, we had a good two years of building that consensus and getting people to pay attention. So when security rolled out, and that's the, that's the harder part for people to swallow, they already understood the need to keep this 
information confidential and, and private. And, and so the security became an easier sell. And then we saw more splitting across the industry, the more separation of the, the security function and the privacy function. And in the last few years, it's been interesting to note that, that they're starting to come together. And I think that's going to become more critical as, as privacy really begins to drive a different kind of focus on, on security moving forward. But they, they have to work together in order for either side to attain and achieve the goals they're looking for. Okay, based off that response, Marty, I'm going to pass you the mic. I think you might have a question for Andrew. Question kind of tied to that based on something Fred brought up. You know, he talked about the breach assessment and the analysis piece of that. And I'd just like for you to to discuss briefly kind of your experience and who actually performed that and what the relationship was between the CISO and the CPO, as well as kind of what you see across our clients as far as the assessments you've done and who's performing that. I, I think that's a fantastic question, Marty. And, you know, I, I, I guess the answer is is a bit twofold. It's it's what I've what I've seen that's worked really well, and then where maybe I haven't seen it work quite as well. <clears throat> where I tend to see this process work really well around an incident assessment, a breach assessment, breach response, is when you really have both offices working uh, closely together, and ideally, you know, at the point of an incident or uh, an event this won't be the first time these two offices have have engaged with one another met each other talked through mutual issues and and questions and concerns you know i can speak a bit from some of my prior experience which is that you know again sometimes it's worked well sometimes it hasn't worked as well and when it's worked really well i know that the security office or the ciso uh, was going to reach out to me even if the the incident or the the event only included electronic data because they understood that there may be a variety of other questions or concerns that that I might have around, you know, how we're reporting, when we're going to report, so making sure we're meeting our timelines, um, and then of course things like follow-up discipline, sanctions, uh, anything else that needs to be done, uh, you know, in the form of corrective action after after a breach or incident. Those times where I don't see it work quite as well is when you have those units operating within silos. So, you know, you have a security office that says, if it's only electronic data, it's our problem to solve. And the privacy office says, well, if if we lost a box of paper records, that's only our problem to solve. Uh, But really, you know, whether or not it's electronic data, a, a phishing, a successful phishing event, or even the loss of, of a binder of physical PHI or physical data, there may be questions or issues that, that both of those offices and, and their leaders have. And, uh, and you really wanna have a collaborative approach to, again, make sure you're meeting uh, all of your regulatory requirements, whether it's state or federal, as well as your internal policies and, and procedures. Yeah, I mean, I think that, again, kind of looking at the CISO role and, and the definition of information security, in my mind, it's not just electronic data that you're protecting as the information security officer. It's also the hard copy data. It's the storage of records. It's all of those things I think have to go into the equation when you look at your organization holistically and, and, and having awareness of those other areas where the gotchas are helps you, um, it helps you understand your organization's behaviors and behavior is critical to understanding where security incidents can pop up and and you can translate behaviors that suggest, you know, a lack of concern about, you know, sending documents to the shredder 
potentially a lack of concern about sending uh, emails encrypted uh, when they contain ePHIs. So I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned by the two uh, officers working together and understanding the environment holistically. Okay, thanks so much, Fred. Marty, I'm going to let you ask the next question. Let's talk a little bit on how effectively do you think privacy and security, information security work together in either your current or a f- or former organizations you've worked in? So David, I'm going to give that to you first. Well, that, that's going to go back a few years. But uh, in my case, I started in the audit and compliance function, but had both the privacy and information security officer titles. And what made that interesting was it was, you know, it was before the effective date of either of the HIPAA rules. So there was no burning platform. There was no compelling case. I couldn't argue that the fines and and nation states were going to break in or that uh, Amazon and Google was taking all our data. But one of the things we did was uh, we we got focused on what the real issue is. and, And that's about the data. And so we built a governance uh, group based around data protection. And because it was the same person in the privacy and security role, it was fairly easy to move forward. Although uh, things get complex and questions get sticky, and, and sometimes I had to separate whether I was wearing the privacy or the security hat, uh, because there are differences and there are different focuses involved. But I think it is important that they work together and understand the different perspectives, the the viewpoints they're coming from, and finding common ground. And at the end of the day, that really is about protecting the data. Obviously, we start with the patient data, but you have other organizational data that may be protected or considered confidential. And in my case, because we had the central governance over it and one person, it became easy. And where privacy and security are more closely aligned, even in the same person, I see that effectiveness and the impacts of that. It's easier to make decisions. It's easier to move projects forward on on either the security or the privacy side. And, And so things happen a little more smoothly than if you have to jump through the additional hoops. Fred, what are your thoughts on that? And also, if you can talk a little bit about the reporting. Back when we had this session during the CTEC Summit in 2020, We issued a poll to our audience about who reports to who, and about 40% of the audience said their CISO reports to the CIO. And I think that's common in healthcare, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on a reporting structure. Yeah, so obviously, you know, each organization is different. You have to look at how that organization functions and how those different senior leaders function. Um, I do report to our CIO, but I also have a dotted line of reporting to our chief compliance officer. So, you know, I have some autonomy. If, you know, something were to go awry in uh, ISNT, then, you know, I would have a, a mechanism for reporting that directly to the chief compliance officer. So I think, you know, that organization uh, structure is is kind of critical to that. Obviously, you know, having the individuals who are supportive in both of those uh, the compliance role and the IT role, the CIO, you know, both of them being supportive in um, how the CISO is pr- positioned is also very important in, in our organization. And, and I'm kind of speaking directly about what our organization looks like. I mean, they are both. And I think that that's a critical component as well. You know, obviously there are, there are potentially, 
you know, points of contention that can develop, and sometimes those are long running. Um, but fortunately, in our organization, uh, you know, I have to say again that we've been very, very lucky to have a lot of very supportive individuals who see this as a mutually collaborative role. And um, and just to kind of elaborate a little bit more on that, uh, you know, we have a, a weekly PST meeting, privacy and security team. Uh, and we, we, we meet uh, every Friday for two to three hours to review our, our auditing procedures for our EHR and, uh, you know, review uh, who we find coming up on audit. And, you know, there's an IT component to that, that I have myself and another individual on the InfoSec team that work with two individuals on the privacy team to, to work collaboratively to analyze that data. And I think having those skill sets commingled makes it makes a huge difference in our effectiveness in, in being able to to analyze the data and then go through with the with the process that we follow for our organization. So I, I think that, you know, again, that collaboration, that willingness is is the vital underpinning to making sure it's a successful endeavor. Andrew, I'd like kind of your thoughts on that, but specifically more to the chief privacy officer. And at least in my experience, I've seen the chief privacy officer report independent to leadership. I've seen them report up through compliance and I've seen them report up through the CIO. So, uh, it, you know, it's very broad in different reporting structures. So I'd like your thoughts on kind of both your experiences and, and what you see in our clients that you work with when that privacy officer reports to one of those folks I mentioned. Sure. And, you know, I, I have seen um, a lot of really interesting examples of, of where the chief privacy officer sits and, and reports through. And, you know, one one especially unique example is I, I saw at a university uh, where the, the privacy office reported up through uh, the vice president for research. And the reason for that was because the university felt that the, the majority of their uh, individual identifiable health information was within the research context. And they, they had the funding in, uh, within the VPR office and, and wanted that person to sit there. There's a variety of, of ways that an organization can handle this. Now, I don't know that having the privacy officer sit in a sort of a, a specific research context makes the most sense for, you know, every university, certainly not for uh, a health system or a hospital. The bottom line for, you know, any compliance person, in my opinion, and, and I'm including the privacy officer in this, is that they need to have some ability to communicate with senior leadership. Uh, so whether they report to the chief compliance officer, whether they report through information security, needs to be some ability for privacy officer to, uh, again, to communicate with senior leadership around risks to patient data, patient information, um, as well as helping that organization to think through processes around things like the individual rights uh, that are found within HIPAA that usually fall uh, on the privacy office uh, or potentially health information management to manage. You know, from, from my perspective, you know, I've always been fortunate to have really good relationships with uh, with the CISO or the CIO. And, and Fred, I really, really love that, you know, the fact that you're you're building these, uh, these groups together, you're meeting regularly. Uh, you know, I wasn't able to ever build something quite like that. Uh, when I was working for universities, academic medical centers, uh, health systems. But what I did do uh, is I had standing uh, frequent meetings with the CISO, uh, often with the CIO. Usually we would do this at least twice a month. Part of that meeting was just to, you know, just to talk about issues that we both, uh, both of our offices shared. And then we'd always spend a, a big portion of that meeting uh, talking about incidents, talking about new areas of risk, 
uh, and how we wanted to, you know, start working to manage those. And it was a bit more informal um, than I think, Fred, what you're doing at, at, at UC Health, but, um, but it still was something that we found uh, a good bit of success around. Thanks for that, Andrew. And as a follow-up um, from you, as someone who worked at four different academic medical centers, I have heard that there can be sometimes tension between the health enterprise and the university side of the house. I'd like to get the thoughts from all of you on that tension, if any, and how that working relationship was. Uh, happy to dive in there. And I, I was at a, an AMC and, and, you know, the keyword and Fred has said it and, and Andrew has said it, and, and I'll go back and say it is collaboration. So we, we had a, a CISO on the on the health component and then the university had their own counterpart and what we did was we just worked seamlessly we had regular standing meetings with the privacy and security from both the health side as well as the university side and we really worked together we drafted policies together we we did training together particularly with the medical staff where they were working across both worlds it, it really is collaboration anything can work if everyone wants it too. And we were very fortunate uh, since it was so early in the whole process to say, you know, let's not both try to figure this out. Let's, let's figure it out together and move forward from that perspective. We, we shared an IRB, for example, and, and, and the privacy was integral and built into that from both perspectives, the, the research, the healthcare, and, and the university side. And, and I think that's the only way you solve all these problems is it's easy to, to go into your silo and say, I don't have to worry about that, but you're really not solving the problems and the issues. The, the answer is to work together and find the common ground and do things together. Yeah. And, and Fred, I don't know if your exact structure at UC Health, whether you're a separate entity from the university or, or a part of the university. And, you know, how's that work for you guys? Yeah, we actually are. We're separate entities. We have, you know, strong affiliation with uh, one of our hospitals directly with the University of Cincinnati. In fact, it's called UC Medical Center. And, and all of the doctors are faculty for, of the of the College of Medicine. And so we have those relationships. But uh, our organization, not too many years ago, was actually a much larger organization that incorporated a lot of other hospitals in the Cincinnati area. And, uh, and so it lived on its own, essentially. And so uh, we do have some, you know, we don't have quite the uh, extension into the university as some of the other AMCs do. And we do struggle with that relationship. I, you know, it is an area that collaboration is vital. Um, you know, I have my counterpart at, at, the, at the university uh, and we do we do collaborate uh, and have collaborated in the past. But I think, you know, from an overall perspective, it's a little bit harder when the IT departments are completely separate and operate very separately and in, in a much different mindset. Um, and it is an area that we uh, we definitely need to, to continue to work to improve. Thank you. Andrew, I know at the University of Arizona, this was a little bit of the infrastructure you had in place. So comments on that? Sure. And um, it, it was. So University of Arizona, you know, has its own college of medicine, its own health sciences. Um, it's a hybrid entity with various covered uh, units within its healthcare component. And then it has an affiliated uh, medical center. When I think back on, you know, some of the things David has shared and, and Fred has shared, and so I think, you know, when I think back again, this dynamic between a university and ac academic medical center, a health 
system, um, if there is a, uh, an incident involving PHI that may flow between the two organizations, those organizations as collaborative partners, as affiliated entities sometimes, is going to lead the investigation, what the investigation will entail, because there's a clock that's ticking, right? And, um, and you can't just take as long as, you know, as long as you'd like, as much as we'd like to have that much time. You have to work very quickly to, uh, to resolve an incident and, and get to the bottom of it and make any reporting that you have to do. Okay. Thank you so much, Andrew. And thank you to all of you for that insight. We are out of time for today, so we will definitely be having a part two and maybe even a part three or four on this series on say what, yes, privacy and security teams can actually work together. That was a great discussion. We talked about collaboration between security and privacy teams, who reports to who, and the tension between a health enterprise and the university within an academic medical center. So with that, thank you again, Fred, Andrew, Marty, and David. We will be back next time for more insight on privacy and security teams collaborating for the greater good. Please remember to like and subscribe and even comment on this podcast. Thanks for listening, and we will be back soon.